Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. Hey, what's going on? And thank you for joining us today at Brave Church Online. And let me just say, you just saw an important announcement. In fact, you just saw an announcement that is so exciting. And that announcement is that June 21st is going to be our very first reopening service in person here at Brave Church. The doors are going to be open and we are so excited to be able to worship together again. Now let me just say this. I realize that as I am saying that, you saw that announcement, it may trigger different reactions in your heart. There are some people that they feel like, man, this whole Corona thing is just overblown and you're like, man, we are dying to get back. And then there are going to be some of you who you are saying, man, it's, it's too early. And I understand, and let me just say this, neither one of you are wrong, and neither one of you have the right answer. What we have discovered here at Brave Church is that we are called to serve people where they are. And let me just say something, the national statistics of churches in our nation is that people, churchgoers, have disengaged from church online. Now, if you're watching and you say, well, man, I love church online. Well, guess what? The good news is we're still going to be having church online for you. But if you're watching today and you've been one of the many out of the hundreds who have been saying, we're ready to get back in person. When are we going to start again? Then June 21st is going to be our first Sunday back. But it's going to look a little bit different. It's still going to be Brave Church. It's still going to be just high energy and amazing presence and worship and message. But it's going to be looking a little bit different. And so what we want you to do is go to brave.guide. And at brave.guide, there's going to be two things I'm going to ask you to do. The first thing is this. We want you to sign up and reserve your space for you and your family, you and the friends that you're inviting to join to come with you. We want you to reserve your space. And the reason why is because we are following all guidelines and we're only opening up for 25 to 30% capacity in our building. And we're allowed to open up to 50%, but we're going to limit it to 25% so that there's enough room for everyone in this initial phase one opening. And we want to know that you're coming. So we are offering two service times, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. And we want you to go ahead and reserve your spot. And here's what we're going to do. As one service fills up, we're going to add another service. Now, let me just say this. Some of you that are watching are like the 6 p.m. fire service people. And as you're watching that, you're like, fire service, let's go. And some of you are like, well, what about us? Here's what I'm going to ask you to do as your pastor. For phase one, for phase one, would you commit to one of these two services? The 10 and the 12. The 6 p.m. fire service will be back. Kindle location will be back. But for phase one of our reopening, we can only do two services at this time until both of those services fill up. Phase two will open up more services and the fire service. So the first thing I want you to do is register, reserve your seats today. The second thing I want to ask you to do is just go to brave.guide and look at the facts, the FAQ page of frequently asked questions, 
And a lot of your questions are going to be answered there about some of the details that maybe you're wondering and you're asking. Let me just say this. We are called to reach all people regardless of where they are. And there are some of you that are just saying, man, I want to stay online for a little bit. I don't feel comfortable. Brave Church is coming to your home. Some of you, I'm ready to go live. Brave Church is coming to you live and in person. But we want you to feel comfortable. And I want you to know, all of the building has been sanitized. We've had a professional company come in. We're taking all the precautions. In fact, our team for two months has been deliberating and planning for this day. This is a very well thought out day. We have sought counsel from our our city leaders and those that are in leadership, and they are for us beginning services. In fact, they are applauding us beginning services, and we're just so excited to be able to do that. All right? Are you excited? Come on, anybody excited? Just drop a comment in the comment section. How many of you are ready for the Word of God today? Come on, are you guys ready today for the Word of God? I'm so excited about this message. In fact, I've been really praying about this for about two weeks. I've had this message on my heart for for actually two and a half weeks to deliver to you today. And I want you to know I've been praying this message into your life even before I preached it. I've been praying for you. Every one of you that are watching today, I've been praying for you. Would you like to know what I've been praying? I've been praying this verse that is going to be our foundational verse for the rest of our our talk today. And this verse comes to us out of Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Come on, are there any note takers out there today in Miami? Those of you around the globe that are watching, anybody that's taking notes, we believe that note takers are... World changers. changers. And we believe that God wants to change your world today. Philippians 4 says this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace. Come on, would you say that word? Peace. Peace. We will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And His peace. Peace, man, that word is so powerful because how many of you know, man, that is what we need in our culture today. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Today, I want to preach a very simple message, but a powerful message that I've simply entitled this, my anxious heart, my anxious heart heart, the remedy for worry. Come on, let me just pray with you and we're going to jump in. Lord, I thank you for every person that is watching today. I thank you for every single individual that is tuned on for Brave Church online and Brave at Home. And God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would shift us to another level in our faith and in our lives today. God, I pray you would change us, that we we would not leave this viewing the same way that we started this viewing. And God, we give you praise and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, as you're watching this right now, if you're excited, come on, would you just put like some kind of comment? Would you clap? Would you say amen? Would you say preach it? White boy, I don't care. Come on, let us know you're there. Some of you that are watching, that are frequently watching, would you just welcome all of our first-time guests to our VIPs that are watching as well? You know, today as I, I've been really thinking about what's happening in our nation and what, what we're going through, what I, I've really realized is that we are in need of peace. 
And, and this pandemic has really caused a lot of people to worry. And I know a lot of things are opening up. In fact, all the malls are opening, restaurants are open, the beach opened up this past week. Like, there's so many things that are open. And, and it feels like we're coming through this pandemic, but worry is something that's always a part of, of our life. And, and, and I've almost just wondered, like, have you ever just told someone that it's going to be okay when you didn't know it was going to be okay? Like, you ever, like, been in a situation or maybe someone you know is panicking and worrying? You're like, it's going to be okay. Don't worry about it. It's going to be all right. But inside, you're like, mm, I, don't, I don't really know if it's going to be okay. Like, I remember um, my kids when, when Natalia was, was just a baby. And, and I was in the car, and I was driving the car. And Natalia was in the back seat. And I was a youth pastor at that time. And there were a bunch of college students in the back seat of the car. And all of a sudden, one of the college students begins to freak out out like she is yelling she's like pastor david natalia natalia and she's like screaming and there's like three other guys in the car so she's like screaming i'm driving so you know what i'm i do like i do what you would have done like i freak out like my hands are off the steering wheel i turn around i look behind me and natalia her face is turning purple so I pull the car over on the side of the road and I, I look at my, my baby girl and I'm like, what's going on? And, and the, the college girl in the back seat, she goes, I think she put some green beans up her nose. <laughs> what? Green beans up her nose. And I'm freaking out. Like, I'm a dad. Like, I'm a dude. I, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. I know moms are like more nurturing. And so I'm freaking out inside. But I look over this college student and she is having a full-on panic, panic attack. She's like, oh my God. And I look at Natalia. She's turning purple. All I know to do is just say, hey, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. And I, I look at Natalia, and she, she's barely able to talk at this time. I was like, hey, what did you put in your nose? And she holds up like a green bean in this hand. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I start panicking. So I don't know what to do. We call the paramedics. The paramedics come. They pull her out of the car. They treat her. She's okay. Just so that you know, she's still with us today. Come on, that's good news. And, but, but I was trying to encourage someone that it's going to be okay when I didn't really know what in the world was happening. It's kind of like when you, you fly. I don't know if you have ever flown and had bad turbulence. I remember I was flying um, overseas to preach at a, a conference, and, and on my way, I experienced the worst turbulence I've ever experienced. And for me, how I gauge if I'm going to panic is I look at the flight attendant. If the flight attendant looks calm, then I'm okay. But how many of you know if the flight attendant is freaking out, this brother's praying a lot? Yeah. You know, the the thing is this, is that we all deal with worry. And our tendency when it's affecting someone else is, hey, it's going to be okay. It's not as bad as you think it is. But when we are dealt obstacles and problems and setbacks and unexpected things, how many of you know it's a lot harder to just calm yourself? But we all deal with worry. But it's how you deal with worry and anxiety that really matters the most. Let me say that again. We all experience worry, but how you deal with it, how you 
handle worry and anxiety is what matters the most. Yeah, that's good. But everyone deals with it. I mean, I think even children as they're growing up and they're on the playground, they have anxiety and worry. Are the kids going to play with me? Who's going to be my friend? And in high school, the guy's like, is she going to say yes? I don't know. The girl's like, is he going to ask me out to prom? I don't know. And then you get to college. Am I going to get into college? And the worry and anxiety. Come on, anybody remember that? Like going into college. Then you're in college and you're like, Am I ever going to get out of college? Like, will I ever finish college? And then you're about to graduate college, and then you're worried about, am I going to find the right job? Am I going to make enough money? And then you get that job, and then am I going to be able to keep this job? Am I going to be able to continue to make more money? And then, then am I going to marry the right person? Come on, that's a big one. And then, like, you marry that person, and then can we have kids? Will we be able to have kids? And then you have kids, and then you're like, are we raising these kids the right way? Like, what am I doing with these kids? How do we get rid of these kids? And, like, there's all of these things. And then, and then worry just begins to mount up in our life. In fact, I'm, like, worrying, thinking about all the ways we can worry. But what I've realized is that all of us have the ability and have a reason why we could give to living our lives with worry and anxiety. But I love what Paul says in Philippians chapter four. He says, don't let your heart be worried with anything. Now, here's what is interesting, is that the world health, the world mental health took a survey, and here's what they found out, that in America, we are the nation who is the most worried and anxiety-filled people over any other nation in the world. Like Americans spend billions of dollars a year trying to manage our worry and our anxiety. Now, here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that real disorders do not exist. There are people who have real anxiety disorders that are as a result of like chemical um, you know, irregularities or, or, or mental um, irregularities and, and illnesses in their life. And what I'm saying is that if you take medicine for anxiety and you need medicine, I'm saying go ahead and take it. Go ahead and take your meds. It's probably better for everybody if you take your meds. But here's what is interesting. Statistics say this, that only 30% of people who are on anxiety medications actually need the medicines. Wow. That only 30% of people, the other 70% of us, watch this, we can actually deal with our anxiety. We can deal with our worry in a healthy way if we will change our outlook and our habits. In fact, here's what they're saying, is by changing your perspective on worry can change how we deal with worry. Come on, is there anybody today that you are ready to say, man, God, I've been just filled with anxiety. I've been filled with worry. Help me to change my outlook, come on, so that I can change what I'm getting in my life. In fact, what was crazy that I recently saw, there were some NBA players that were on the news, actually on ESPN Sports Center, and what they were talking about is this very issue of worry and anxiety. NBA players that were actually talking, Kevin Love was one of them, and talking about how they deal with worry and anxiety. And SportsCenter posted this on their Instagram. It was of DeRozan. I don't know if you're a basketball fan, but a great athlete, great uh, NBA player. And they posted this picture because people were saying, well, what could you be depressed about? Like, what could you possibly 
have worry. Like you make so much money and you have fame and you have all of this stuff in endorsements. Like what could you possibly be worried about? And here's what DeRozan says. He says, I wish everyone in the world was rich so that they would realize that money wasn't everything. You know what's the truth? Is that all of us have worry. And some of you that are watching today, you maybe have looked at someone and say, oh, well, they don't have anything to worry about. Like, they've got a good marriage. Or their kids turned out okay. Or they've got a great job. Or they don't have financial struggles. Can I just, like pause you for a moment and say every one of us that are watching, that are preaching, that are preaching back today, all of us deal with this issue of worry and anxiety. But I love what Paul says in Philippians. Come on, you've got to get this in your heart. Paul says this, be anxious for nothing, for nothing. Do you know what that word nothing can really be broken down into two words? No Thing. He says, don't let anything, let no thing cause you to be worried. Let no thing cause you to be filled with anxiety. Let no thing steal your peace. Let no thing steal your joy. Let no thing steal your faith. Let no thing cause you to have doubt in God. Let no thing cause you to run from your enemies. Let no thing cause you to cower down against your giants. I love what Paul says, man. He like delivers us of this this thing called worry and anxiety and says, you don't have to worry. Now, some of you are watching and maybe you're pushing back and you're like, pastor, I'm just worried because my marriage is falling apart. Paul says, let nothing, let no thing cause you anxiety. Pastor, I I don't know. I'm worried because I may lose my job. Paul says, let no thing cause you worry. Pastor, I've lost my job. Paul says, let no thing cause you anxiety. Let no thing, pastor, but if you only knew, because I know we like to find excuses. Paul says, let no thing, but pastor, what if, what if I don't pass this semester? This semester is the semester. I've got to graduate so I can get that job. And I'm just so filled with worry and it's like paralyzing me. Paul says, let nothing, no thing cause you anxiety. Now, what Paul is not saying is he's not like Bob Marley saying, hey, no worries, man, come on. I mean, he's not, he's not saying that. He's not saying, hey, just don't even worry about it. Just go get on an island and enjoy it. No, no, no. But what he's saying is this. I've got a remedy for the worry. We have an antidote to the worry. What Paul does is he shows us how we can fight this in our life. And he goes on and he shows us this and he shows us how important this is. In fact, it's not just Paul, but Jesus in Matthew chapter six. How many of you know if Jesus says it, it's important. Matthew six, Jesus says this, who of you by worrying can add one single hour to your life? Who of you by worrying can, can add a single hour to your, you know what that shows us? Worry can't add, worry takes away. Worry is a thief. 
In fact, some of us, we're so filled with worry. And what you have to understand is that worry does not add to your life. Worry takes away from your life. Worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. Come on. Can I preach to you? Worry doesn't solve tomorrow's problems. What it does is it steals today's peace. So why don't we make a decision here, brave church? Those of you that are watching, why don't we make a decision today that we are going to take Paul's advice and say, I'm going to live my life with no worry. Come on, are you with me today? Yeah. Come on, anybody ready to go on this journey together? Well, how do we do that? Pastor, that's easier said than done. I, I get it, and I know, but we can do it together. Yeah. We're not alone. Come on, we are better together. together. We're better together. Here's what it says. Paul says, don't worry about anything. But instead, are you ready? He gives us the weapons to fight worry. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience the peace of God, which exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will guard our hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Are you taking notes? I want you to write these three words down. Paul gives us the weapons. He gives us the antidote to anxiety. He gives us the remedy for worry. He says three things. Write them down. Here we go. We're going to put them on the bottom of the screen. Praying, telling, and thanking. Paul says these are your weapons to fight against worry, to fight against anxiety. These are the weapons so that you can have peace in your life, no matter what's happening in your life. Praying, telling, and thanking. Let me just break these down for you. Would you write the word praying down? Well, Pastor David, I really don't know how to pray. And you know what's amazing is I hear a lot of people at times say that. I I really don't know how to pray. And and they'll say, well, pastor, will you pray for me? And I don't have a problem doing that. I'll pray for anyone at any time. But what I found out that in our culture is sometimes people think that, well, God will hear from you because you're the pastor, but I don't really know if he's going to hear from me. And and I just want you to know you can pray to God and God hears your prayers. Well, how do I pray? Well, you pray to God. Like our kids will talk to their father or their mother. In fact, scripture, Jesus, when he's teaching his disciples to pray, he says, pray like this, our father who art in heaven. I think it's interesting that he uses that word father. When you translate that word father in the original Greek that it is written, that word father literally means this, daddy. So Jesus is saying this, pray to God like he's your dad. Talk to him like He's your dad. I don't know about you, but my kids, they have no problem talking to me. But I'll tell you how they they sound a lot of times. Here's how they talk to me. Dad, help me with my homework. Dad, feed me. Come on, any parents know what I'm talking about. Dad, can I have $10? Like they hit me up for $20 today. I'm like, do I look like a bank? No, you're our dad. Like they have no problem. Like asking me for things. They have no problem talking to me. Dad, where's the remote? Dad, can you get me a water? Dad, can you get me some milk? Dad, can I have some Oreos? They have no problem. And Jesus says this. That's how we should pray to God. What if we just dropped the whole holier than thou, like whole just charades that we have, that we think we have to come to God like, oh, dear God, thank you. Oh, holy God. I'm not saying not to have reverence. But what I'm saying is this, Jesus says, come to God like he is your father, a good father. Now here's the disconnect. Some of us, we have a hard time with that because we've not had a good relationship with our earthly father. 
And maybe your earthly father abandoned you. Maybe he bailed. Maybe he's been non-existent in your life. So hearing that parallel that God, we want to talk to him like our father, may be hard for you. But can I tell you today, God, he not only wants to be your heavenly father, but man, he can fill in the blanks and the space where maybe you didn't know an earthly father. God says, man, this is a good time. Let your pastor teach you today how you can come to me. I'm a good father who loves his kids. Anybody thankful today that God loves his kids? He loves his children. In fact, scripture says this. Why would God withhold a good gift from his children? He wants to bless you. He wants you to know he is available to you. So we're going to pray. When you pray, it is a weapon against worry. So we have praying. The second thing, write this down, is telling. We have praying and we have telling. Now, let me just take you another level deeper. Telling is like prayer, but telling, there's a, a Bible word called supplication. And this means it's like a little bit more of an intense prayer. It's not like, God, help me. God, I need you to touch my kids' lives. God, I need you to fix this. Like, like telling God in the original way and wording that it was used means this. Like getting alone with God and like crying out to God. Like, when was the last time you cried out to God? Like you can't do this in front of your coworkers, right? They're going to think you're crazy. But like telling is like when you're alone in your car. When you're alone in your house, when you go into maybe a prayer closet and you say, God, I'm not coming out of this place. I'm not coming out of this space until you meet my needs, until you give me peace. Telling is when you go through something so serious, so dark that you know that you need God to come through. Telling is when it's like, God, if you don't come through, I'm going to die. If you don't come through, man, this thing is going to swallow me up. God, if you don't come through, I don't know how I'm going to get through. That's telling. And Paul says this, you can get alone with God. Some of you, you need to get alone with God and maybe even just get angry. Can I tell you, God's big enough for your anger. Some of you have been wrestling with God and you haven't spent time alone, but you're questioning, God, why would you allow this to happen in my life? Why would this, you allow this to take place? You know what you need? You need a quiet place where you can get alone with God. And I know me, sometimes I'll like pace in a room, right? Like I'll walk around in a room and I will just like, man, God, I need you. God, I, man, I need your presence in my life. And God, I need you to come through. And, and I remember I've gone through times in my life where it's been so heavy, I just needed a breakthrough. Maybe you've been at Brave Church. You've heard us talk about breakthrough. He's the God of the breakthrough. You didn't know what that meant. What that means is this. You get alone with God. And you wrestle with God until God comes through in that moment. So we have praying, we have telling, and then we have thanking. Thanking God is our third weapon. What is thanking God? Thanking God is when you say, God, I just want to thank you. You've been so good. Can I tell you, this is a weapon against worry. God, I want to thank you. You've been good. Come on, is there anybody today God has been good to you? Come on, are, are there anybody, is there anybody watching that maybe you've never left a comment? Come on, I want to encourage you. Leave a comment right now. Anybody watching today? Come on, anybody here today? God's been good to you. God, like God's been so good to me. And you know what thanking God does? It refocuses your perspective on your problem. When we thank God, what we're saying is this. God, I want to count my blessings. When you count your blessings, it changes your perspective. Why? Because you're not focused on what's wrong. You're focused on what's right. 
You may be walking through a valley, but instead of complaining about the valley, when you're in thanking mode, you're remembering every other valley that God has brought you through. And when you're in thanking mode, you're like, man, God, I thank you that even though I'm in an uncomfortable situation, man, I think back of all the other times that you've come through. I thank you that you didn't let me drown. I thank you that you didn't let me die. I thank you that you provided every need. You see, when you're thanking God, you are recounting and remembering the provision and the power of our God. And it's amazing when you focus on what's right, all of a sudden it's like, man, I don't have time to focus on my problems because I am focused on the one who is bigger than my problems. Come on. So when we thank God, man, we're just saying, God, I'm changing the channel. There are some of you here today, you need to change the channel. Like you need to change the channel from the news for sure. You need to change the channel away from social media. You need to change the channel. You know what? When you start thanking God, watch what happens. It's like a TV. Imagine a TV. All of a sudden, You're changing the channel from worry, anxiety, fear, discouragement, and now you're tuned into thankfulness, power, provision, anointing. I am called. I am chosen. Come on. I am a son of God. I am a daughter of God. Ladies, I am a child of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the alpha. He is the omega. Come on. He is the beginning. He is the end. And God has taken me through so many valleys and trials and tribulations in my past. I know you're going to get me through again. So we're going to thank God. Now watch what happens. Paul says, when you do these three things, as you use these weapons, he says in this verse, look at it again. We want to put up the verse on the screen. He says, then you will receive peace. Now, let me help us understand peace. Peace is not an emotion. There are many of us, we're seeking peace. And what that is, you're seeking an emotion. You you don't like the emotion you're feeling, so you're seeking the emotion of peace. Peace is not an emotion. Peace is a person. When you get closer to God, watch this, you get closer to peace. Let me just say that for the people in the back one more time. When you get closer to God, you get closer to peace. Because peace is who he is. In fact, scripture says this, he is the prince of peace. Jesus is so much peace that it's one of his names. He says, I'm not in an emotion, I am a person. Here's why it's so important you understand that. Because an emotion cannot protect you, but a person can protect you. So I'm thankful that he's a person. Peace has a name. Come on, somebody. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the person who can protect you. You may say, well, Pastor David, why do I need protection? Well, because Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6, watch this. He says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he will lift you up from where you are, casting all of your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So be sober because your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone he can devour. Scripture tells us that you have an enemy. That's why we need someone to protect us. You have an enemy that wants to destroy your life. 
You have an enemy that wants to destroy your peace and your joy. But I love how Peter tells us, he says that we have a weapon against this. What's the weapon? Well, you have to understand, many of us, when we read that scripture, maybe you've been in church for a while, the focus on that scripture has been this, cast your worries, cast your anxieties on God. But can I tell you, that's not the command. That's not the main emphasis in this scripture. The main emphasis, let's put the scripture back on the screen again. The main emphasis in this scripture is not casting your worries on God. That is contingent on us doing something first. Well, pastor, what do we have to do first? He says it here in verse number six. You can cast your cares on God when you humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Mm, Man, I hope you're getting this today. He says this, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, then you can cast all of your anxieties, all of your worries, all of your fears on God. Well, what does that look like to humble ourselves? You know what it looks like? It looks like you and I realizing that we've been leaning on some things to be our peace that should not be our peace. In fact, in Proverbs 3 verse 5, it says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now watch this. He says, lean not on your own understanding. Can I tell you the reality is many of us have worry and anxiety and fear and dread in our life right now because you're leaning on your own understanding. You're self-dependent, you're independent, you're self-reliant, and you've not fully, come on, just hear this. I'm not judging you, I'm not condemning you, but hear this. You've not fully humbled yourself, every part of your life, under the mighty hand of God. And so you know what we do? We lean on other things. And when you lean on other things, it's going to cause you to be filled with anxiety and worry. Let me illustrate. Sophia, can we borrow you for a second? Eric? Is it you? No. Let's go Armin. All right, here we go. Armin. All right. Imagine that here is Armin. He lives in Miami. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, you're just living everyday life. But Armin has a good job and he's got all these things. Those are the things he's depending on. Let's say Sophia. Now, don't be mistaken. Sophia is very strong, ladies and gentlemen. But Sophia is representing like careers. She's representing the things that we lean on in our own understanding. Relationships. Like when the career goes bad or you get laid off or the job's not going right or the relationship ends or maybe Sophia can represent like financial issues. Maybe Sophia can represent all of those things that we lean on for support, encouragement, stability, foundation for our lives. If Armin were to lean back... Are you kind of worried right now? Extremely. Sophia, do you, are, you, are you kind of worried that you can't hold him up? Like, Sophia is really strong, but Armin is like, like just g- gently leaning back. He's a little bit worried, and here's the reason why. He's depending on something that was never made to hold him up. It's so good, Come yeah. on. I'm not talking about gender stuff. So those you are like, oh, is he just saying that? Because No, 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 I'm not saying because, I'm just saying she is symbolically, symbolically representing all those things that we lean on. And can I tell you, your job was never meant to give you security. Wow. Relationships are never meant in themselves to give you security. Wow. And as long as he's leaning on something that was never meant to hold him up, he's going to be worried. 
But then let's say we have Eric. Eric, come on up. Thank you, Sophia. And let's just say Eric represents God. Because maybe he looks like a Greek God. Come on, somebody. And um, all right, so, so, so Eric is here. And Armin, go ahead and lean back. And, and do you feel a little bit more secure? So secure. <laughs> like, like he's strong and it's so it's, it's like so would you lean back a little I can close my eyes and I you can close your eyes right like lean back a little bit more uh, you're not even worried and Eric's like not even like he's not even like breaking a sweat or anything here's the reason why when we lean on God did you know that God is big enough to carry all of our worries And when we lean on and we lean into the person who was designed to carry us, the person who is designed to sustain us, the person who is designed to bless us, the person who is designed to provide for us, can I tell you, now you can say, it doesn't matter what happens over here because I'm leaning into God. And God is my source. God is my provision. Come on, somebody there, say amen. Come on, would you type it in the comments? Thank you, guys. Come on, give it up for these guys. You know, here's what I know. As long as we have this attitude mentality, you know what, I can fix it. I'm going to fix it. It's up to me. Can I tell you, your life's going to be filled with worry. But Peter says this, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. You know, I'm so glad it was Peter who said this. Come on, I want you to look me in the eye right now. I want you to lean in for a minute. I'm closing. I'm closing this message. You have to hear this. I'm so glad it was Peter who said, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Because it was Peter who he thought, you know what? I can fix this. And when Jesus was being betrayed, Peter was the one who took the sword and cut off the ear of the guard. And he saw the mighty hand of God pick that ear up off the ground and put it back on that guard's head and heal. It was the mighty hand of God that Peter saw that went down into the dirt and made mud and took the mud and put it in a blind man's eyes. Peter saw the mighty hand of God at work. It was that same mighty hand that Peter witnessed firsthand when he was walking on the water and he took his eyes off of Jesus. It was that same mighty hand that reached down and saved Peter's life. It was that same mighty hand. That's why Peter says this, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, y'all, because I've seen how strong that mighty hand is. I've seen how great God's hand is. I've seen how there's miracles in the hand of God. I have seen that nothing is impossible with our God. And I'm here to tell you today, If we will be praying and we will be telling God and we will be thanking God and we say, God, I humble myself under your hand and I trust you and lean into you completely. Let me tell you something. It is the antidote. It is the remedy for worry and anxiety. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to give you three quick things, three practical points to help you out with this. Number one, write this down in your notes. How do I deal with worry starting today, anxiety today? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn every worry into a prayer. Turn every worry into a prayer. Here's what I'm saying. Prayer should be your first response and not your last resort. Prayer should be your first response and not your last resort. I hear people say all the time, man, all I can do is pray. Like, all I can do now is pray. And I'm like, what? Like, Why are you waiting till all you have left is prayer? Don't let prayer be your last resort. Let it be your first response. Number two, come on, write this down. 
turn to godly friends. Man, I've preached up a sweat up in here because the air is broken. Let's go. Don't worry, it'll be fixed by the 21st. Turn to godly friends. That's why we have dinner parties. You need to be in a dinner party. You need brave life. You need godly friends. Notice I said godly friends. You need people who are going to be in your corner in the good and in the bad. You need people that when you're struggling, they, they're going to say, man, I'm going to pray for you. Come on, they're not going to feed the, the pain in your life and say, oh, I know, man, if, if that was me, I'd be upset too. If that was me, I'd be angry too. No, no, no. They're going to say, you know what? Then let's pray. And let's pray together until we get through this. Let's be, be man, like, man, just go all in with God until we conquer this thing, till we beat this addiction, till we overcome that obstacle. You need godly friends. And number three, write this down. I want you to trust in a God that cares so that you can trust God with your cares. Come on, we're going to trust God, a God that cares so that we can trust God with our cares. Man, that's so good today. I want to encourage you as you're watching. I just wonder if we could even perhaps close this message with a prayer of saying, God, Starting today, I choose to trust you and humble myself under your mighty hand. In fact, I want to pray that right now over you. Jesus, I thank you for every person that is watching. I thank you for every single individual that is tuned in right now. And I pray we would have the courage to humble ourselves under your mighty hand. God, I pray that today, Whatever they are facing. Come on, I want to pray this personal to you right now. Would you do something right where you are? Would you just put your hand over your heart? God, whatever they are facing, I pray they would feel your peace right now. So we're praying. God, we're going to be telling you. We're going to cry out to you this week. And God, we're going to thank you for our blessings. We're going to humble ourselves under your mighty hand. And that mighty hand is going to do the miraculous, the impossible. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give God praise right there where you are. And and listen, listen, don't go anywhere yet. Listen, I want to talk to you for a moment. Can you sit with me for just two more minutes? You know, this passage of scripture that we started off with, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Did you know? that Amazon says that is the most popular scripture that is highlighted. Like even more than John 3, 16, Philippians 4 through 6, the passage of scripture I just preached from, they said is the most popular scripture out of all of the scripture that is highlighted on their Kindles and all of their online platforms. And let me just say this, more people go to this verse than any other verse, but this verse was when Paul was writing to the church of Philippi, which is now Greece. And Paul gives us this verse. This entire book of Philippians comes to us because Paul is writing and thanking the church in Philippi for their generosity. Now imagine this. He's writing this because the church in Philippi said, we want to give to the kingdom of God And they were so generous that Paul is writing this scripture to them and thanking them for it. Now think about this. If the church in Philippi was not generous, we probably would not have had this verse that just encouraged all of us. Out of one church's generosity, we are still being encouraged today. 
we are still being edified and lifted up today. So that really shows us something. Your money really does matter in the kingdom of God. That the church in Philippi has given us this gift, which means this, your money can have and leave a legacy. As the pastor of Brave Church, I want to just say thank you so much for your generosity. Thank you so much for giving. You know, we believe in the tithe. The tithe is both Old Testament and New Testament. It's the 10%. If you haven't begun our tithing challenge, we have a 90-day tithing challenge. I want to encourage you to start that 90-day tithing challenge. You may be watching saying, well, where is the money going Like that we're giving? Like, what are we doing with it? The church is closed. The building is closed. I'm glad you asked. Did you know that this past Friday, we served over 1,000 families meals straight from the parking lot, the doors here at Brave Church? It's because of your generosity. We have a vision to take the city of Miami. We need your help. I'm asking all of us to be a part of what God is doing. Here's what I know. If we want to see God do big things, it's going to require that we give big. So I'm asking you today, Be obedient to God. Start tithing. Others of us, I want to ask you, give sacrificially as we see God literally changing lives in front of our eyes. Thank you so much for being generous. You can give online. You can give. In fact, most of our people give online. About 90% is online. So you can give online. You can text giving to this number below on the screen. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for your generosity. God bless you today. Hey, I'll see you next Sunday. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com.